Welcome to a new episode of Uniquely Spoken. I am your host, Red. Thank you so much for being here. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you for choosing me to bless your ears. Even though I'm more than likely going to bless them with foolishness and you're going to have to repent afterwards. I greatly appreciate you for being here and choosing me. Now let's jump into this episode, shall we? Welcome to a new episode of Uniquely Spoken. If you missed it in the intro, my name is Red. Hey, how you doing? I am your host. How are you, you beautiful creature? You beautiful creation? You smart, intelligent, important, worthy, beautiful creation that God made. Or if you don't, if you don't praise God or reference God, the universe made or Buddha, Allah, Muhammad, whoever you acknowledge, baby. Whoever created you, not just your mama and daddy, but, you know, whoever created you in the larger picture, in the larger scheme of things. How are you? You lovely soul, you. I know, I'm, I, I know, I'm trying to butter you up and make it seem like, you know, I've just been posting consistently. Um, and we both know that's a lot. Uh, <laughs> but I have missed you so much. And I will get into why I've been gone for this amount of time. Um, And hey, honey. And I hate that I've been gone. And it's really weighed on me in several different ways. Like I said, it's, it's going to get covered in hey, honey. But I... I don't want whoever is listening to this, whoever has been faithful and listening to me, whether it's two or 200, I appreciate you from the bottom of my heart. I don't want you to grow tired of me. I don't want you to grow mad or impatient with me. I put a lot of pressure on myself, especially with this podcast, and I never want to let you down. I always want to give my best or feel like I have to present my best at all times when it comes to this podcast. And a lot of times I felt like if I couldn't present my best, then you all didn't deserve to hear what I had to say. If I couldn't be high energy to make someone's day better, then you all didn't deserve that. You deserved the A1 version of me. And... I have not been the A1 version of myself. And like I said, I get into it and hey, honey, but <clears throat> I, you you deserve that explanation for me. I am sorry that I've been gone. Prayerfully, I can get back on a more consistent schedule. That is my goal. I even made a vision board or I updated my vision board. And I, one of my walls in my room, I have turned into an affirmation wall and I have to add to it. But consistency is something I'm going to put up there. But moving right along into our first segment, just scrolling. If you're new here and you stumbled upon little old me, little thick old me. One, hey honey, how you doing? Welcome to the family. Two, just scrolling is where I tell you about things that I found just scrolling across this ghetto ass internet and 
baby, I I just I just let God let go and let God. <laughs> but no, first and foremost, um, my heart and prayers go out to all of those who were affected um, by the boating incident in Texas. Um, those who were affected by their um, their boats sinking and all of these things going on. Uh, may God supply every need. May you be, may your family be okay and at peace. Um, my heart and prayers go out to the family of Chadwick Bozeman. And I know this has been a minute, but it still hurts. Um, but may my may God be with the family, friends, loved ones, and fans of Chadwick Bozeman because he was and still is an important figure in the black community. Not just for Black Panther, but the amount of strength that he represented. Baby, if no excuse was a person, because he was sick and still delivered amazing roles, amazing characters, so and, ver- and very versatile. So my heart and prayers go out to his family and remembering all of those who were affected by 9-11 um, 19 years ago. It's hard to believe it. It's been 19 years, but it still affects those. It still affects all of us. I remember being in fourth grade when the, um, when the towers were hit. So that's first and foremost before I jump into the stories of this segment. Stories I've come across just scrolling across this ghetto ass internet. And the very first story, because I'd rather get the heavier stuff out the way and end with something light, honey. If you have not heard of Jessica Krug, I believe that's how you say her last name. If it ain't, I don't give a damn. But if you do not know who Jessica Krug is, Jessica Krug was a professor at George Washington University who pretended to be black um, for while she was teaching, uh, I believe she was teaching history. And she also was an author and she wrote about black and Latin experiences. She pretended to be... Um, what is it? She pretended to, she called her continued appropriation of black Caribbean identity. That hold on, before we get there, she was an associate professor of history, and she, like I said, she was an author, and her her work included fugitive modernaries which examined the politics and cultures of fugitive slave communities in Angola and the African diaspora. The book was a finalist in 2019 for two prestigious awards, the Harriet Tubman Prize and the Frederick Douglass Book Prize. She, this came out in... Um, an article she confessed in an article called the medium that she had to apologize because she had been pretending to be African-American 
Um, let's see. In the medium essay, which it was an essay, not an article. I apologize. The writer said that she had excused her lived experience as a white Jewish child in suburban Kansas City and had assumed identities that she had no right to claim, such as North African blackness, the uh, then U.S. rooted blackness, then Caribbean rooted Bronx blackness. She used to wear large uh, gold hoops to class, um, talk like she was from the Bronx, uh, she even, one student remembered her having an argument with another student about where hip hop originated. Um, she pretended to be African American as well as to have Latin experiences as, as well as and be an author, <clears throat> excuse me, speaking on African and Latin experiences all while being a white Jewish woman raised in suburban Kansas City and I and she's now resigned because when it first came out the school said she was no longer teaching for the rest of the semester well other teachers in her field of history um they wanted her resignation true enough they deserved she a I don't want to ever say somebody deserved to lose their job, but ma'am, this one of them holes that you dug yourself in. And then no one knew or no one kind of acted as if she was doing anything wrong in the beginning because, like I said, no one knew. She flat out came out and expressed that she had been living this lie. White people, you y'all want to get rid of us so bad, but you love everything that we bring to the table. I don't understand that. I don't understand how you want to destroy the very thing that is giving you life. The very thing that you are taking from, you want to destroy. Um, in the article on CNN, excuse me, it said just one day after the essay published, GWU announced Krug would no longer be teaching for the semester while the university reviewed the situation. Krug apologized for what she called continued appropriation of black Caribbean identity, saying she was wrong, unethical, immoral, and anti-black and colonial. And she made this statement, which ma'am, I just want you, I want somebody to pop you dead in your throat. I am not a culture vulture. She said, I am a culture leech. What's the difference, ma'am? Please, please answer that. Like I said, y'all, y'all want to hate us so bad. You want to hate us. Excuse me. You want to hate us as a a people so bad. You want to be so superior to us. But yet you take the very thing that we create and you want to be a part of that community. You want to be a part of that society. Why? Once again, what's the difference between a culture vulture and a cultural leech? Because, ma'am, ma'am. And it's not just, and it's not just her. Her, uh, Jessica Krug, Rachel, Charlazard, Charmander, I don't know what the hell her last name is, who was also a professor. And I saw someone post this on Twitter. 
it was like, what's the point of you saying this? What's the point of you coming out and apologizing and saying, well, I did this and I apologize and I was wrong. What are you gaining from this? Besides now you get to go on a media press tour. Now you get another book deal. How are you giving back to the black experience that you've taken from? How are you trying to not repay, but how are you trying to make up for what you've done? Are you giving proceeds back to the black community? Because you know you finna go on a publicity tour on book deals to say, woe is me, I'm so sorry, I I was wrong. What, what, what was the point? What did you gain from this? I'm pretty sure you got some threats which you don't deserve, but at the same time, lady, uh, well, no, 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 because no one deserves to have their life threatened. But what was the point? Like I said, Rachel Charmander, Jessica Crew, there's a TikToker, Dan Danielle Khan, who now who is trying to push Ashanti's foolish off as her own. And it's a cover. She was like, and she said, well, I mean, I gave her credit. I wish everyone would stop saying that I took her song. Ashanti's one of my favorite artists. And I don't understand, like, why everyone keeps coming for me. But not only did you cover the song and made it bland as hell, like you only seasoned it with salt and pepper. But you took the, you slowed it all the way down. You took, um what is it the chords and the beat from another song from another artist if you know the song beautiful soul by jesse mccartney that's she that's where the chords came from that's where the beat was played from and she put ashanti's lyrics on top of it and you're selling merchandise apparently the girl is between the ages of 13 and 16 someone says she's 13 she says she's 16 i don't know either way she underage so it was an uh, an adult somewhere had their hand in this and now this child is gonna have to pay an adult price because ashanti should sue if you don't if, if ashanti don't sue baby can i sue because what she did to the song was horrible and I hate to say that about a child, but listen, it's not even the voice. It's the what you did to the song. It's like you butchered it. You cut it up. You ran it over. Roll killed. Then backed up to make sure it was dead. Shot it. Rolled over it again. And then stuck a fork in it. And it was like, all right, it's done. Bitch. But moving on. Like, like. I try my hardest to wrap my mind around why, why white people want to take from our culture so much. This is why Chadwick Boseman was a huge representative. This is why Black Panther meant so much because it made black people feel as though they were seen. And he spoke about the cast and he said, it's like they showed up every day knowing that they had to prove something or feeling like they had to prove something. And this is why people like that are so important in our community. This is why representation is so important in our community, especially for younger kids. So to Jessica Krug, Danielle Khan, Rachel Charmander, 
all y'all can kick rocks with open toe shoes. Matter of fact, not just rocks, because that's not going to hurt. Kick boulders. And after that, allow Stevie Wonder to lead you into traffic. Slowly. We don't want nothing to happen to Stevie. And we don't want to kill you, but we want you to learn a lesson. Okay? Moving along. So, I had two stories that I wanted to end this with. But seeing as though this has taken longer than I expected. Um, I'll do the most recent one. So, have y'all seen this um, video on Instagram? Because I saw that's where I saw it. I saw it on Instagram while I was, you know, just doing my regular, regular scrolling across this ghetto-ass internet. And, <laughs> okay, picture it. There's this father and daughter. And, you, you know, when fathers have children, especially little girls, they're going to take a bullet for their child. You're not going to mess with their child. Okay, imagine... Father comes home, got little girl got the book bag, they're headed in the house. They see a neighbor stop and speak to the neighbor. Neighbor has a pit bull. Pit bull's on the inside of the gate, so it don't really matter. Neighbor and child keep speaking while they're heading towards the house. Well, pit bull finds his way outside of the gate. <laughs> and, and the father. He doesn't push the child, but he gives her a nice little nudge and jumps on top of a car <laughs> while the child is running around the car screaming, Daddy! Daddy, Daddy, help, Daddy! And you see the father on the hood of the car spinning on his hands and knees <laughs> yelling at the child. <laughs> Stop screaming. Screaming is not going to help you. Bitch, you're not helping me. <laughs> Imagine now having to go home to your wife or to your your baby mama house, whatever, and having to explain why your child is screaming and is traumatized. Explain why now there is a viral video of you on top of a car (laughs) while your child is being chased. And the little girl look like like she's no more than about four years old. She's small. She look like, like I said, she's no more than like four years old. So you willing to take a bullet for your child, but not kick and fend off a pit, a pit bull, sir. <laughs> Yo, when I said this man, he, baby, jumped with the quickness. <laughs> like I said, like I said, it don't look like he pushed her, but it looked like he gave her a nice little nudge. Like he had, he needed space to get up on top of the car. And the neighbor is now has come down off the steps and is calling for the dog to come back while the child is still running and screaming. He, he's telling her, stop screaming. Screaming not going to help you. Run, baby, run. Baby, you could never discipline that child again. And if I was the mama, you could never come home. Because <laughs> there's, no, there's no excuse you could give me on why. The child had to feel... It's like you wanted to teach her a lesson early. Look, baby, sometimes in life, you got to stand on your own two feet. <laughs> you got to hold you down. Like, sir... <laughs> if, baby, if fuck them kids was a person, <laughs> that's exactly who it would be. Like, sir, you may not go to hell... But there's a special place right on top of hell where the fire is just going to light your ass up. <laughs> it's created especially for you. So, we're going to move along because this segment took a lot longer than what I thought it was going to take. 
but now I have to go watch the video again because the daddy, like, sir, just to be clear, you ain't shit. And we are back. We've made it to Unique Thoughts. And Unique Thoughts is when I give you something that I come across on my timeline or something on YouTube. And I give you my thought process behind it. Or like my thoughts on the situation. Or I give you a story time on my life. Because Lord knows that's an interesting mess of its own of its own dealing and I give you my thought process behind that moment or what oh baby basically I'm just telling you what I'm thinking okay these are my unique thoughts so question this came across my timeline and I put it in a group chat with my friends what would you do if you had a significant other and they had a best friend of let's say the opposite sex okay let's say you have a boyfriend or a husband and your boyfriend or husband's best friend is a female. What would you do if your if his female friend came up to you while you were cooking, put more seasoning in the food and then said, see, that's how he likes it. And then winks at you, smiles and walks away. Hmm. I'm listening. Mm hmm. You said before or after the funeral, um, possibly before, because I hope you have you a good lawyer or a good alibi after the funeral. Um, listen, <laughs> because what we can't do in these streets is go to jail while Rona is roaming. Um, mm-mm. no, baby, because one, it raises that eyebrow of, well, how you know? what he like unless you've been around longer and y'all legit have a strong foundation of friendship before we got into a relationship baby how you know what he like let's let's not play that game because one i'm already i'm an overthinker and i prepare myself for worst case scenario first and that's something i'm working on in counseling but if I if you leave me in a room by myself to come up with my own conclusions, I'ma also come up with a way to make you disappear. And come up with a way that if I'm caught in any way, shape, form, or fashion, I can plead insanity and play and be my own defense. Listen, Criminal Minds, one of my favorite shows. CSI, I was going into forensic science before I got into broadcast. I had a whole CSI kit. Um, be it, it was one of them play ones that you could mainly just take fingerprints on, do the little chalk dust and uh, check for fingerprints, all of that. But I got that for my birthday one year for my sister. I was heavy into CSI. It's a lot of weird things that I know that I shouldn't know, but I do know, okay? And... If need be, um, I'm not saying I'm going to make you disappear. I'm not saying I want that type of negativity in my life. But what I am saying is that's not a game you want to play. That's not something that you want to try. 
I'm not crazy by any means. Or am I? Just in case this is ever played back against me in a court of law. Um, these are just jokes, people, for whatever prosecutor come across this. Alright? Alright. Um, <laughs> I told y'all I'm an overthinker, baby. I prepare for the future. Alright? But, yeah, yeah, which then leads to the next question. Do you believe your significant other can have a friend of an opposite sex that's not lesbian or gay? Because me personally, as long as boundaries are created, I understand this person was in your life before me. But if that boundary is created, hey, you don't go against her as in me. You don't go against me. And you don't try nothing funny out the way. We can coexist. We can be cool. Not going to lie and say we can be besties. Because that's probably not going to happen. But we can exist together. And I'm not making his life hard. And you not attempting to come for my neck. So therefore I won't need an alibi. Or how you ended up in the dumpster at 3.43 a.m. on Tuesday morning before the garbage truck started rolling and then you ended up in the dump um once again these is our jokes future prosecutor um that's neither here nor there all right so (laughs) i don't know where that was supposed to go but listen please don't make please don't make me have a whole binder on never mind never mind but I was watching Divorce Court, and one, Divorce Court got a whole new judge. I like Judge Faith, but she she hasn't grown on me yet for Divorce Court. But I'm watching Divorce Court, and this man and woman was in a relationship where they're married, and the man has a female best friend whom he had never introduced his wife to over three years. Y'all been dating, you have a best friend, and it caused a rift in their marriage because it's like, well, what are you hiding? Why are you hiding her from me or why are you hiding me from her? And the judge also was like, why is this going on? He was like, oh, well, we never just had really had the time in three years. Y'all couldn't set up a Zoom meeting in three years, a Skype invite this person to the house because they were living together after a month of dating a month to two months of dating y'all were living together y'all couldn't invite this person to the house would i mean i'm completely dumbfounded because then like i said it leaves open interpretation now i can sit and figure out or try to figure out what y'all got going on and why you haven't introduced me to this person in three years do y'all got something going on do y'all got a child together Y'all got a whole little family set up that I don't know about. Let me know. So I can kick push out this door. And the guy was like, well, it's just never really happened or we never really had the time. No, you didn't make the time, sir. So, yeah, I can handle my boyfriend having a female best friend as long as there's boundaries in place. As long as, one, I get to meet her. Two, I can kind of fill out 
the situation. And if I'm uncomfortable, I got to trust that I can bring that up to my man and be like, hey, this is what I'm uncomfortable with. This is why I'm uncomfortable. And trust that he's going to deal with it from there. Trust that, okay, you know what? I don't want you uncomfortable. I don't want to make them uncomfortable. Let's let's figure out a solution. And it's, it's y'all let, let me know. Let, let me know how you feel. Because everybody's not like that. Some dudes don't trust their females having male friends. Some females don't trust their men having female friends. But moving on. If you have never seen the show Love After Lockup, I really need you to try to get into it. So the season that just wrapped up or they had they had their mid-season finale, right? There's a couple on there, Lindsay and Scott. Lindsay and Scott, uh, Lindsay was in jail for however many years for check fraud and other things. And Scott has six children, lied to Lindsay about it, lied to Lindsay about his age. He's 45 and she's 28, I believe, between 26 and 28. Well, okay, here's the thing. Lynn, not Lindsay, Scott was in a relationship for 22 years. In a relationship, not a marriage, a relationship for 22 years. Had six kids with the woman that he was in a relationship with for six, uh, for 22 years. Now, here's the thing. He bring, brings up the fact that he tells his ex-girlfriend, Lindsay, that, hey, uh, not his ex-girlfriend, Lindsay, his ex-girlfriend's name is Kelly. He tells Kelly, hey, I've been dealing with this person. She's getting out of jail. They've known each other for three months. And he was already uh, looking at rings. He moved her in quick and all of that. Well, Kelly finds out that, well, you're talking about marriage with her. But we were together for 22 years. And you never thought to marry me. And he was like, no, but I loved you. da 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 I still love you. She said, but you didn't love me enough to marry me. Hmm. Well, ma'am. Now, here's the thing. Me personally, I'm not I'm not finna settle for being a long-time girlfriend. That's that's an absolute dub. Eh. Homie don't play that. But you got to identify both sides. One, you let him feel comfortable enough to let you be a long-term girlfriend for 22 years. And the only thing you got to show for it is six kids. Listen, I done gave you 22 years of my life, 22 years of my body. My body been shot to hell because of these six kids. And you want to leave me and move a prisoner, uh, a felon, a convicted felon in after three months of knowing her? Nah, baby, you're going to have to see me. You're going to have to see me. See me on several levels. You finna have to run all these rounds. Because that's 22 years of my life, 22 years of my time, 22 years of my body, 22 years of my mind. That's, that's, sir, sir, sir. But also, ma'am, Kelly, you allowed it. You allowed him to come back. You allowed him to make you a long-term girlfriend without a ring. You allowed him to lay up with you six separate times or create six separate kids. You allowed him to be complacent enough and comfortable enough with only allowing you to be a girlfriend and not a wife. What would you do if that was you? Could could that be you? 
is that you now? That's not my business. That's a horse of a different color. Um, but what would you do? Let me know. Follow me on Instagram at uniquely underscore spoken underscore words. And let, let me know what you would do if this was you. Like I said, could this be you? How would you react? How would you react about your significant other having a female uh, or a best friend of the opposite sex? Or of the same sex? And they seem a little too close for your comfort. Also, could you handle being a long-term girlfriend or boyfriend or non-binary identifying person could you handle being in a long-term relationship period without the guarantee of a ring or without the security of being a husband wife or partner let me know hey honeys so As I stated earlier in the show, I was going to tell you all why I've kind of been gone for like a month, if not a month, a little over a month, almost a month. Child, I've been gone for a minute. Now I'm back with the jump off. Never mind. But (laughs) if you're new here, this segment is called Hey Honey. Hey Honey is where either I give you encouraging words or um, sometimes I answer questions and give my advice. Listen, I'm not a therapist. I'm not an evangelist. I'm not not (laughs) a doctor. So take my advice with a grain of salt, okay? If it applies, it applies. If it doesn't, keep it pushing. But before I get into why I was gone or why I haven't uploaded or uploaded. Yeah, why I haven't uploaded a new episode or published a new episode, if you will. September is Suicide Prevention Month or Suicide Awareness Month. I'm sorry. And if you or somebody you know is struggling with um, thoughts of suicide or have actually attempted suicide and you want uh, to reach out to them or have someone to reach out to, please take this number down. The National Suicide Prevention Hotline is 1-800-273-TALK or that's 1-800-273-8255. Once again, the number for the National Suicide Prevention Hotline is 1-800-273-8255. So, I've been gone because initially I didn't even realize that I hadn't published the episode at first. Then it developed into Oh, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. Oh, I don't have anything to talk about. Then it developed into where I've been gone for a minute. Mm, Once I post, it's not going to be as good as the previous episode. Um, I don't, it's like almost I was crippled by fear. Then fear kind of turned into anxiety. Anxiety turned into depression. And it led to me not doing something that I initially enjoyed doing 
consistently in the beginning. And what I find with myself is if I'm doing something in private and not a lot of people know about it, I enjoy it more in a sense. But once I tell people about it, once I started posting the fact that I was doing a podcast on Facebook or on my Instagram and not just telling like my close friends, it became more real and it became something that now I have to keep up. So in a sense, I got complacent. I got to be honest with myself. I got complacent. And complacency, I think that's how you say that word. (laughs) Me being complacent took precedence over me being consistent, if that makes sense. Me being complacent and me being lazy. Because, baby, the spirit of laziness and procrastination was heavy on my life. And it it took over. And consistency went out the window. As much as I talked about, oh, I'm going to be consistent. It's not going to be a bi-weekly show. Hell, at this point, a bi-monthly show. It took over. My laziness, my complacency, my depression. As much as I don't like to put a label on it and say, oh, no, I'm not depressed. Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. Mm-mm. No, nah, baby. Because when it's a struggle to get up and do simple things, hair, brush your teeth, take a shower, whatever the case may be, it, you you have to address it. You have to address those things. And for anybody going through that place right now, am I completely out of? Am I completely out of the dark? No. But do I see a light now? Yes. Am I content with where I am? Not at all. But anybody who is going through it right now, you in the midst of it right now, I need you to do something. Get up. Get up. Even if you're not dealing with depression, but you in this state of mind where fear is starting to take over and it's starting to take place and precedent over things that you initially enjoyed doing baby get up get out to bed i know it's it's more comfortable it's easier to let the days merge into just one long drawn out get up For me, my get up was opening my window because I have blackout curtains on my window. And initially I closed them because, you know, me and babe were sitting in the room watching movies or, you know, watching whatever on the TV. And I closed them because, you know what, the room darker is easier to see the TV, whatever, whatever. But I never went back to open the curtains. I never went back to let the light in to my room. I never went back to make a point to let some type of light or sunshine in my room open your window get up and open your window and let that mean for you whatever it is it needs to mean 
make that phone call start the dishes start your clothes start start doing your hair make your bed making my bed with something that I when my bed is made I actually like seeing it like it's it's a neat clean feeling the rest of the room can look like hell but my bed is made <laughs> get up please please get up even if opening your window means making that call to that friend that you know will help you through this time that will genuinely pull you through this time get up and open that window get up and let the light in let the light in in whatever way shape form or fashion that means let the light in by getting in the shower even if you don't wash nothing I prefer you wash something but I understand even if you don't wash something let the warm water or the hot water hit you let it hit your skin let it send some love down your body that you need let it let it just rinse away the days that have merged together get up you deserve to get up if you can't get up for nobody else get up for yourself don't get up because oh i need to get up because i'm a mom and moms have to be a certain way don't get up because i'm a daughter and daughters have to be a certain way or son or father or friend or sibling don't get up simply because of other people don't get up because so-and-so is dependent on me and i have to get this done don't get up because i'm the strong friend i'm the strong family member i'm the one everybody can count on get up because you deserve it get up because you owe it to yourself get up because you deserve your best I don't care if your best is getting up putting on your shoes and standing out on your front porch and letting your letting the sun hit you but get up because you're worthy of getting up get up open your window make your bed and make the next step take the next steps from there i believe in you i know you can get up i got up i'm still getting up i'm still moving slowly but i got up it's a one foot in front of the other type thing baby please please get up and open your window i love you Well, we have reached the end of the show. I hope I have said something to make you laugh, make you think, make you feel some things down in Yashondo. Um, As I stated before, September is National Suicide Prevention Month. And 
like I said, if you or someone you know is struggling or have had thoughts of suicide, please take down this number to pass on or to use it for yourself. And the number is 1-800-273-8255. Once again, the number is 1-800-273-8255. And we have reached unique speaks unique speaks is where either i give you a quote or i give you a poem because i'm a poet and i thought you should know it so i couldn't be gone for all this time and not come back to y'all or come back to you (laughs) with just a quote um kind of picking up from where i left off in hey honey So, one of the things that bothered me the most going through a dark time is the silence. Um, I felt like the silence spoke too much. The silence was at an all-time high or or the volume, spoke volumes, if you will. So, um, actually sitting in silence... The day before I started recording this, I finished a poem or semi-finished a poem because to me it's missing something. To you, it may be exactly what you need, but I hope you enjoy it. And this is the first time that anyone is going to hear it, so I really hope you enjoy it. And the title of this poem is called Silence. Here we go. It's crazy how I'm sitting in this quiet room, but the de- but the dead silence is speaking volumes. Many people assume that I'm genuinely happy from the inside out, but if only you knew the truth. Half of the time, I force a smile on my face just to make it through the day. I crack jokes to make others laugh so I can keep from crying. I try to keep others smiling to distract myself from the fact that I feel on the inside I'm slowly dying. I feel like I keep telling the same story and some of my truths are too hard to admit and I feel my pockets are growing more empty by the day because I'm I'm constantly paying a mortgage to live in the city of disappointment. Trying my best to be the rock that everyone needs me to be. And the thought that is continuously running through my mind is that a rock is strong and solid and it can't have any cracks in it. And in my mind, I validated that it is okay to rescue others because no one was res- was no one was coming to rescue me. <sighs> I know that my story is unfinished, but to be honest, I feel this chapter sucks because it doesn't look like my hero is coming, but it doesn't look like my hero is coming and there's no happily ever after like in the fairy tale books. But come to think about it, I've never really been a damsel in distress i've always had the strength to fight even when i didn't feel my best i know i'm not the first or the last to say or feel depressed but i refuse to give in and be consumed with guilt fear and the darkness 
I feared the silence for so long because of the truth that it could speak. But now I thank God for the silence and I welcome whatever it has to say, good, bad, or ugly. Because in the silence, I am reminded that God is with me always, even on my darkest of days. And that I am designed to rescue me. And that I am the Shiro that I need. The end. <laughs> um, I hope you enjoyed that. Because like I said, the silence was one thing that would mess with me. The silence is, is something or was something that I, in a sense, feared. Because sometimes your deepest, darkest truths speak loudly in silence and not when everyone is around. But as I said, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Prayerfully, I'm going to get back on a weekly schedule. That's the prayer. That's the goal. (laughs) I'm going to continue to get up and open my window. But until next time, please remember, L-O-V-E is all you need. I love you, red people, and my honey buns. I can't forget about y'all. And if you want to know why I call you red people, it's because my name is Red and you are my people. Until next time, I love you. Bye.